Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television series Fargo, hosted by me, Bill, and my buddy, Sharpie. We are former... Wait, I'm still... A, I keep, how do I screw this up? It's four years. Four years of doing this with you, or four seasons. You're a former what? I'm former... I'm a faker. I'm nothing. Here's the deal. I'm from Dilworth, Minnesota. That's what I feel like I need to tell everybody. I'm just kidding. I'm really from Wait, Fargo. what? No, I was born in St. Luke's. I've I've lived most of my life. I I've only lived four years out of a Fargo zip code in my entire life. Mm. <laughs> what what was that when you were in Moorhead? I was in Moorhead across the <laughs> river. I was at five six five six zero and five six five six two over the so course. So your of four other years. zip code was 0.5 <laughs> miles away. Not even, I guess, really. Whatever the distance of the width of the yes. river is. <laughs> yes, you are correct. You are correct. Okay, buddy, let's do this. It's the full episode. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the hot dish. I know we didn't. I've, we're just not in our groove yet. It takes a minute, but we're here to talk about I don't know. season I'm in four. My groove. Well, last night, were we? Were we? I was. You weren't. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we're talking about the alternate economy. That's the name of the episode. You know, and I mean, we both had actually, I mean, we, by the time I got that up, we recorded at midnight and I was dinging around. We had some things. I mean, it was 4.30 in the morning. So I got three hours of sleep, got up, did some work today, rewatched the episode, took meticulous notes that I can barely read because I can't type when I'm tired. But... Mm. So you're still the alternate not on economy. I'm I'm hoping this glass of bourbon so is going to make me. This one's on me. This glass of bourbon is going to be make me a better man. Actually, that will probably help. Yeah. You you get you get on the bourbon and I can just sit back and it's just like, like right in the back of a Cadillac. Mm. Oh Bill's, god dang. Bill Bill will just handle everything. Mm-hmm. It'll be a smooth ride. He'll it's just a conversation with yourself really. Well, have you have you read into this alternate economy idea? Like, what do you, what do you think about it? Have you have you done the, have you done the thinking about the show titles? Because show titles matter. Oh, you mean did I do my homework? No, no. Okay, how about I just tell you something? <laughs> then? How about alternate econ alternative economies? You know, okay. in general, they're they're economies that operate outside of the usual norm of economy. And I just sit there and go, well, that's what the whole this giant. You know, we'll we'll walk our way through parts of this here, right? But the scale of this is that we, over the course of this, you know, meeting in front of Joplin's, right? Uh, and well, actually, you know, we're skipping over stuff. But I mean, we mm. we have a narrator through this one, which is great. Makes me feel like we got a little bit of the dude with us at mm. times. I love I love a good narrator. Um, but but yeah, all these things at Joplin's, these are all alternate economies. You know, it's crime. They're outside of the normal spiel. So we're flopping back and forth from 1950 uh, back to back to these things, but you know all this uh, Ethel Rita Smutney is kind of who brings us into this story, mm-hmm. you know. And what did you? I mean, obviously, I think they set a pretty serious tone with coming in with that the Frederick Douglass quote about, um, you know, I stole this body from my master and ran off. Did you? Did you? What did you feel like that kind of the tone that it was setting off right out of the gate? Hmm. Did I ask too hard of a question too early? I think so. Uh, <laughs> How about you're we really skip? Like, well, you're really like setting me up for some sort of epic answer no. that I don't have. No, I just I just thought it was a very pace-setting moment where it's very clear that we're we're going to be examining this story from a from a much different angle than we typically have in Fargo. Are we? I think so. I think so. 
you know, but I just thought it was really interesting. You know, this is a report about our history and, you know, and they cut back to 1900 Casey, Missouri. Mm -hmm. I love that they say Missouri, but Mm -hmm. did you, I was trying to figure out, I I love to figure out what the story is behind all of these people meeting in front of Joplin's department store. Like I kept thinking, is there a Joplin reference? Is there... Yeah, I was really trying sure. to go back and forth uh, with the, the Joplin's thing as well. I'm just kind of trying to equate it to what I remember. Well, I mean, we didn't grow up in Kansas City, so we don't have any of those types of references. But in Fargo, we had a department store right downtown. Herbst? Herbst. <laughs> Herbst. Um, so that's what it made me think of, actually. My great-grandma yeah. was there. Um, but the events, so they would they would show these meetings, um, you know, the Milligan what, what did they call mm-hmm. it? The Milligan Concern. Well, no, well. So um, the the original one that was on the one side was the Moskowitz Syndicate. Yep. Right, and then the Moskowitz Syndicate it was meeting up at the Milligan Concern. Right. And did you notice that over this course, though, as people think about this while we continue to talk, did you notice that whoever came in on the left side of the screen and was met on the right side of the screen was going to be wiped out by whoever mm-hmm. was ever on the right hand side of the screen? Mm-hmm. So they would meet at this department store, but the mm-hmm. the events where we would see these massacres and whatnot, that didn't happen in the department store, right? Yeah, I think they would meet there, and then and I then, think upstairs is where they were having these. In there? Okay. I don't know. Is that I mean, where, where the, else like, the, the foot, exchanges were happening? The, the child trading <laughs> and the, the foot stomping and uh, all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, just interesting. You know, you got... You know, and did you read any of the stuff like Liev Moskowitz, uh, you know, 1859 from Chicago for extortion? Here's the interesting thing that I noted, and I noticed it the first night, but I'm bringing it up here because I double-checked it. Every one of those guys who had a soda mugshot, they were all 5'10". Every single one of them was listed as 5'10". I can't tell if that was just lazy what? filmmaking. Really? I yeah, go back that. and watch. The, the I had to double-check. No, no, no. The The dudes. Like when they okay. would cut to those black and white kind of like mugshot yeah, yeah, looking yeah. photos of of each guy. But, you know, Oni, Oni Milligan. But I love the fact that his crime was buggery and perversion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 1900, you got 1920, you know, um, the stomping of the feet, you know, and the trading of the kids to keep this peace. It's just, it's really... I finally thought about it a little, and I thought, what's it all about? And it really is, and I think they talk lightly about it. But, I mean, it's this concept of nature versus nurture, and what is your family, what is your tribe, who are your people, you know, will you will you do that? I mean, it's that's some tough stuff, but this, this whole, f- there was a lot of this flopping back between that and Ethel Rita, the circumstances she was going through uh, at her school, which were tough. Mm-hmm. Was what there did a, you mean? Oh, go ahead. Was there a name for this ceremony or ritual or tradition of some sort where it was like referred to that I missed? I never, so I never caught it. To? I mm-hmm. wish I could. So if anyone knows, feel free to reach out to us. The best place to do that is either email us at podcast at fargotalksfargo.com or at fargotalksfargo on Twitter. But no, I wanted to know if there was like any historical value to this or if it's just. Well, can you tell us, or is it a storytelling device? Personal experience, <laughs> as as an Irish kid, <laughs> I was never traded. No, no. I mean, I had some Lutheran friends when I was younger. I guess that's good, right? It's good to not be traded. 
Yes, yes. That means I was not part of a crime family, but you know, we you know, we we were a mixed family, you know. My father was not, you know, his, or his family was, you know. Was your father ever like, "Oh, I should have traded. There, I should have traded a, you." There was a your Protestant brother was the, the good one. Yeah, totally. No, I just I just the the whole Ethel Rita thing is kind of like keeps coming back to me when they, you know, they keep cutting back to her in that scene where she's in the office. You know, just trying to figure out how intelligent and what kind of narrator she is. And, you know, the lady, just the constant, you know, what'd you do this time? Like, it's as if everything's always her fault due to her mm-hmm. her being black. And when she says, she punched Dolores with her eye. I didn't catch mm-hmm. that till the second time I watched the show. And I was like, well, just the, it's a, that's a good, smart ass remark but the only thing i was also trying to catch was she walked by that janitor twice but the second time the janitor was like polishing a there was a tornado like a twirling tornado thing on the wall so mark mark that down it was right before they went back to split screens i'm marking that down I, I didn't. I'm I sorry. I didn't know at the like, time. But like, what? What do you mean? Was it like the mascot of the like school he, or something? It was like he was. It was graffiti, like graffiti on the wall, and he was kind of cleaning it the second time. But it was just it was big tornado, and I don't know if it was a. I mean, Joplin. Joplin is a place south of Kansas City, Missouri, quite a ways, and there was a huge tornado that went there like in recent times in the aughts. But I don't think that's what they're referencing. But, um, Have I don't you know. Ever I seen did a tornado. Yes. Do you have a tornado story? Not a really good one. No, it's not very okay. exciting. I saw one. I mean, I also saw a UFO, but whatever. We don't have to cover that tonight. That anyway. Was two. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I just I did at times I can't tell if I was a fan of this flipping back and forth between Ethel Rita and the the gang situation. You know, like it took so long, in my opinion, to like connect them, you know. It did take a long time. I watched it twice, and uh, I mean, the first time, I mean, the second time I obviously knew what was going on, but the first time I was just like, okay, I had to like write stuff down the first time I'm watching it, just because I was like, oh, wait, what time are we in? Who are, who's who? Is she speaking in, mm-hmm. in, in what era and, and what's going on? I didn't realize until, uh, you know, it took you a while to realize that we were in the actual present at one point. Yes. Or, or what, yeah, what is 1950 being yeah, present, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, for, yeah. for us, for, with our narrator. But yeah, I mean, that's the, it, it just, it was a bit of a long exposition, but uh, I know that there's a, l- oh, shoot, which one? I think Raising Arizona starts that way, if we're going to talk Coen Brothers universe. We haven't it's brought that really- one up in a while. No, and that's my favorite balloon one. I'm not going to subject everyone to that, but feel free to watch Raising Arizona and find the 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 balloon comment when he's in the gas station. But um, it was a really long exposition, but there are definitely some... Here's the deal. I'm trying to decide how much of this should we talk about versus let's get into the story. Like, what do you... Because I got some good notes here, I think, that are worth noting. Okay, let's just... Uh... So, just because you were talking about the kid trading, right? Yeah. The swapping mm. of the kids and this... This whole thing, you know, and we've got, eventually we get to the Milligans and the Fadas, and uh, I will say, oh, th- that whole, like, back and forth thing, like, standing on the street, and then they fight, then they kill, then they fight, then they kill. Um, have you ever heard a song called, This Land is Mine? It's like, this land is mine. It was me. Anyway, Mm-mm. if you look up This Land is Mine, there's this video on Vimeo 
from many years ago, and it's about you know the Middle East and how people keep coming together and just new group after new group after new group come with their own interests and they claim it, you know, it kind of reminded me of like a low level, this land is mine video. And it's, it's an animated video, but I'd recommend checking that out. But, but anyway, so everybody's 5'10", <laughs> the Fadas, the Milligans, the, the guys that they show their stuff, but you're 5'10". I, I am actually 5'10". <laughs> yes. But, but the thing that I, I finally figured out how to just hold on to was that on on top of explaining the, the the crime history in the area and the um you know the 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 moderately rough history that I would say the Irish and the Italians have dealt with because I'm not you know in today's current climate I'm not going to even pretend that it's anywhere near um being black or African American in this country but um I realized after the second time I watched that the there's the one kid who gets traded twice. Mm-hmm. And that's rabbi. Yep. And I didn't realize that the first time through, that that's why the first time he did the thing and then he eventually went the other way and then shot, you know, so it goes from first you shoot a kid, you know, your dad makes you shoot a kid, which is terrible. And then from there you get pushed off again, not even as the youngest. And so then you turn on your father. So I think the fact that he is clearly able to be swayed by, um, you know, this Irish backdoor kid swap <laughs> that he's going to, I think that's what's going to make his char- rabbi's character, he played by uh, Ben Wishaw, is going to make him very interesting. And the fact that he is the one kind of looking out for the kid, you know, he, he's, he says something to the effect of, you know, be who you need to be. Don't forget who you are. And that's when Loy says, you know, <laughs> you from Dublin, Italy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so clearly everybody knows yeah. He's been he's been passed around, right? Um I was wondering also- while I was watching, I didn't think it till just now. Um I was wondering like how long do these exchanges last? Is it just like when when the time is right, they they swippity swap again? I think but I think they last maybe- as long as the relationship. Because we could kind of tell, like, because when they were due again and he got traded again, what was the difference in years there? Like ten years? Well, I th- my guess is is that so the the Seven Irish years. go in there, they shoot up all the the the, the Hebrew Jewish dudes, right? And then yeah. they take their then they get their kid back, and then they hold power for a while. But next thing you know, oh, okay, right. and all of a sudden all the Italians start showing up, and now well this is, and they they rise to a level of power. So now we got to come back to the Joplin's table and have this whole spiel right. again, again. And I think that's where these kids are getting. Uh, a traded so i just i am kids, i'm kids be getting a traded it's crazy but i will say uh i loved i can't remember the song that was playing on and off but i love that every time we met at in front of joplin's that that uh jeff russo and them they changed up the the swing or sort of of that song and you know it it was a very similar song all the time, but then eventually when it came to the uh, canons, it kind of got like a more modern and jazz feel when they were in front of Joplin. So mm-hmm. props props mm-hmm. to the song, uh, the, the, the stuff, and eventually we get to, you know, <laughs> the actual opening of the show, which is where I feel like we should probably kick off from somewhere in there. Except right before that, right? Mm-hmm. Is when we get the reveal that Ethel Ethel Rita's parents know Loy because that's that whole quiet back away. 
from the situation. And we're now we've tied that long exposition together with where the where the hell are we going, right? Right. At first I thought um Ethelreda's father, Thurman, is that his name? Uh, I think Thurman, so, yeah. Yeah. I can uh, look yeah, keep yeah. going. Yeah, Thurman Smutney. Uh at first I thought he was rabbi. Mm. But then I was mistaken. You were he mistaken. Not. Uh, but I thought that was gonna be cool. But the, I was yeah. a, kind of a little bit of a confusing opening. I thought, um, okay. Speaking of music, well, do tell, do tell. I want to go into this song "Up and Down This Road I Go" when they're when they're meeting in the park. You got Loy and Fada in the park. Sure. Can we can we back up but five yeah, seconds was, before I that? Worried, uh, I was worried I was getting too too deep in. No, you're right. You're right where I want to be. Okay. I actually have only I have one note. From before this, uh, to correct myself from last night. Okay. One, it was clearly they were eating peanuts. Was it? Was it clear? Yeah, I'm pretty clear of the peanut because if you watch, he's no one, no but no one crushes. Uh, um, oh sure, all the you, you know you only crush a shell. peanut. You you yeah, never yeah. crush a pistachio. Anyway, so I'm pretty sure they're peanuts. But so this goes. Um, th- this references uh, the hot dish when we were talking about. Yes. What were they eating? Yeah. What nut that meat would, were they yeah. feeding upon? Because that's ex- that's what we need to know. <laughs> but here, here's what I'll say is we get a very clear scene when we hit this park that um, the te- there's there's the people on the teeter-totters, right? There's the 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 Canon, the Canon Limited or whatever they're called, right? I got to look up what their syndicate's called. I think it's like called Canon Limited. They're, they're over in their own group, and then, then you've got the FADA, people in their group and then interestingly enough though did you notice that rabbi is sitting alone mm. and then they're talking and there's the nuts and then the nut meat there was nothing special put in the bag he was just eating off his nuts because well he also did say go for the nuts first then the eyes by the way also uh, just thought no, that was, he said balls i think whatever same diff to me <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you bring up bring up up and down this road. You were bringing up Ella Jenkins' song that came up after this. Yeah, well, I uh, since we're talking about nuts, uh, I was curious about you know why pistachios were red and when that went away. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I did some looking into it, and if I may go on to a slight tangent, it is not that interesting, but I'll clear it up. Pistachios Take me were there. red. Take me there until. Uh, about the 80s when the harvesting process changed. So pistachios were red because the they would get these stains on them from the harvesting process, which, uh, hmm. yeah, basically uh, they would not get washed immediately and they'd get these unsightly stains on them uh, while they were being carried away and it was, they just looked gross. So in the 80s, the U.S. had a uh, embargo on pistachios with Iran. So we started making, in America, our own pistachios. And through our process, our mechanized process of harvesting pistachios, they were washed uh, soon enough where they wouldn't get stained before they had to get shipped off. So they were no longer, they no longer needed to be stained red or dyed red. And of that's why there's am- no more red pistachios. Of course America has to change things. Yep. God but now America is the second largest producer of pistachios in the world. Really? Hmm. And around I do the love first. me. I do love. I do love me some uh, pistachios. That's all for those that were wondering. Well, 
Well, you had brought up, you had brought up and down this road now that we've uh, now that we've finished that. And then I was thinking, you know, yeah, did you yeah. know that it, pistachios you can't like pack too many of them in like a shipping container or they it, like explode? What? Yeah, that's right. Because pistachios, even after they're harvested, consume oxygen and release carbon dioxide, which is basically what humans do, right? They, they're really? literally like burning calories just sitting there. Um, and because they're so dry already and also fatty, that's like a perfect combination for something that's flammable. And they, when they're releasing heat, if there's a lot of them in one area, like packed into one area, they'll just like explode and burst into flames. So there's like very strict guidelines when shipping them like overseas and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And you have are to you have building, like all Are you building reasons. a pistachio bomb? Is this what you're trying to, is this a call? <laughs> is this a call? Is this a call for help? Uh, I just, I just like pistachios, officer. They're, they're super good. And I store them in all these pipes. Um. <laughs> so, so not good so not good for so many reasons right now uh, oh. but that is true so then of course you know because we podcast about a TV show you're like analyzing everything apparently not analyzing it enough to know that they're obviously eating peanuts and now I'm thinking they're eating pistachios because maybe I want them to be eating pistachios and then I'm thinking like oh I see he's getting rid of he's getting he's getting rid of pistachios so that they don't like burst into flames <laughs> yeah yeah we we were trying way too hard last night he's thinning the herd we were way way too hard dude okay they're 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 both poor crime families to a degree and pistachios were probably out of their economic reach even as criminals fair enough um, so you're never gonna tell me about ella jenkins are you is this what you're trying to tell me uh i don't really know anything about it but i thought the song was good it's really hard to find um, some good the resources lyrics. on this song. Yeah, I mean, I, I found. Well, yeah, she's she's for starters, Ella Jenkins is still alive, lovely lady, ninety six years old, mm-hmm. but she's she from St. Louis. She's home. from she's from St. Louis, Missouri, um, and she's been famous for her uh her singing on Smithsonian Folkways albums. She does all sorts of stuff uh with um like multicultural children's songs and world music and how it's um and how how it's been pulled together into that. I mean there's so much more about her. We but this isn't a show about her, but I mean she is a uh, she received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Did she? When she was did, that? But, uh, I believe 2004. In 2004, really? Yes. That uh I think Melissa Etheridge covered or sampled that song in 2004 and redid it about 9/11. Well, it was called There you have it. Tuesday morning. Right? I don't you want me <laughs> you, you know, know between your pistachios and your <laughs> M- Melissa Etheridge uh yeah, like she sang she sang a song I think it's called Tuesday morning. It sampled that song. I think I, all I remember all, from the lost all. I all I remember from the Ella Jenkins song was like skipping and dodge from a forty four. I remember that, and then when it came on Fargo, I was like, "Where is that from?" And then I was okay. like, "Oh, it's a Melissa Etheridge song. Obviously not. She sampled it, but it was so about like cor- United Flight ninety three or something." You are correct. Tuesday oh, morning is uh, 
I'm trying to read very fast. But yes, song, mm-hmm. the song from Melissa Etheridge about Mark Bingham, uh, who was on Flight 93, etc. You know what? Google it, folks. We're going to get back to Fargo and not Sharpie's Lilith Fair Tour. Hey, this is what this, <laughs> sh- this show can be about whatever we damn well please. It's tying back to Fargo. Oh. <sighs> So you brought up 2004, not me. I know. Well, I just was mentioning <laughs> that she's. I just always love their song selections. They just always hit right for me. They hit real well. Yeah. So you, there's a verse in that song that's about the riots of East St. Louis. Yeah. Do you think that maybe perhaps inspired the choice of that? I think so. I think. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of this. This. Um. This under undertone of 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 looking at this through the lens of of Etherita, but also pointing out that it's the, you know, I don't remember where in the show it was said, but there was the commentary from her or the part from her. She said, if we're all immigrants, then how do you become an American? You know? Yeah. I thought so, that was but, amazing. And I, and I thought that's, you know, if we're going to tie this together, this comes, you know, so they leave, right. They leave the playground and, um, Josta Fada is, is f- f- just just fuming to his father about that. And his dad is the one, you know, uh, Donatella is his name. I think he, yeah. he's like, you don't think, you don't think they, people talk like us about this Dago wop, you know, and he starts, you know, and I thought that was a very, uh, poignant piece there just to say like, you know, every, you, you know, not, we're just not that different. Every, you know, it's, it's the way we're treated is the, the shittiest part about it, the way mm-hmm. we treat each other. But I had to rewatch that whole kid, uh, kid cops and robbers scene, and the- I, yeah, I definitely rewatched it a few times because I well, first time I was like, okay, they're playing with cap guns and whatnot, and this is stressful. And Except it's what, not a cap gun. The one kid actually has a pellet gun. Yeah, so that's what that's why I had to rewatch it. I was like, wait, I because I saw you see the one cap gun, like the pistol, right? Uh yeah, with the yeah, and the, the the thing the paper is like kind of flailing off it, right? His yeah. little paper caps. The yeah, what were those called? I don't remember. Did you have a cap gun? Oh, absolutely. I think. But I except, have... I would never take them out of the roll. We would just take the whole roll, and then we would one of us would plug one of our ears with a finger, and then we would, and the other guy would put both his fingers in his ears, and then we would hit the whole thing with a hammer. What? And it was deafening, deafening. Because it just goes, boom. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that. I couldn't afford to. There were like 50 caps in there. You'd waste all 50 oh, caps, we hit a, we, we We hit a whole box one time. A whole oh, box. Oh, I, like I treasured my caps. I was just a rich Irish kid, Sharpie. Just kidding. Mm, I but no, so. that, I, you it know? was interesting. <laughs> what did you make of that scene, though? Because, I mean, it, it was just all this distraction. And I, of all, like, you're... You, you're looking at this thing expecting the other thing to happen, but the real thing is something completely different. You know, like the two suspect black guys by the bus stop and everybody's got their finger on the trigger and they get out of the car and all he's doing is getting a cigarette, right? Uh, Yeah, well, definitely. It's also, it's also some social commentary, right? Because I think everybody's so. like... Uh, Everybody's on edge because of these two black guys crossing the street. And well, and it's they, also Fargo because everybody gets shot and killed. <laughs> yeah, and and these two white kids are playing with like literal guns in the yard, and nobody's like thinking about them. 
Did you notice, um, I just forgot the young boy's name, Loy's boy. Is it Satchel? Satchel. Yep. Satchel is in the car playing with two cars and one's green and one's white. And then the cars in the scene are also green and white. Did you notice that? No. Fun little things. But I, I thought a lot about when that freak accident and I thought, and when I rewatched the second time, realizing for sure that it was not some thing. And I realized, wow, this is how bullshit reciprocal violence starts, right? Something just total misunderstanding that didn't have to be. And eventually it turns into mowing down an innocent lady and they don't even get the Dr. Harvard guy. And it's just the, the tragedy of all of this is, is like, and it's very Fargo, right? Because isn't that what happens in Fargo? You know, the lady, you know, running with the bag on her head, trips and, you know, gets all fucked up and bingo, bango. Now, you, now you're in a wood chipper. But case closed. And for I what? I think it's, yeah. A little bit of money. What did you, I mean, did you, did you feel, I feel like there was a lot of statements being made in this episode, which I think is what has some people, they don't necessarily dislike the statements. They're just. There's just a lot like there's a statement about healthcare, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and you can't come here, Dr. Harvard guy. You know, they want a certain class of people. And, you know, and of course, the Josto's like. Or Jost, is it Josto, Josto or Josto? Jo- I think it's Josto. I gotta go. Jo- like Jostens, like uh, the yearbooks. The, the ring maker. Yeah. <laughs> Josto. Josto. I think I'm not looking it up. You can look it no, up. It's OK. I'll take care of it. I'll Bill, fix, Bill it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. I'll fix that. I'll fix that in post. I'll fix that in post. There's no there's post. Someone, there's no post production. We can't afford post. No, no. But it was just. It was the. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, you like the whole? You go to one hospital, and mm. they won't serve you, right? And so you go winging your way to the other hospital, and then when he and then and and you know, little fada. <laughs> That's what I kind of want to call him. He's he's so pissed about that. He tells that doctor, you know, that he's going to come back to him. And then he goes to the other hospital. And as they're treating him, I, I turn. Here's the deal. I turn on um, when I rewatch the second time, I turn on closed captioning. And the guy's name is Dr. Sanjeet. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, are you a real doctor? It's like he immediately like within moments like reverse discriminates against somebody else and it's just like oh god oh it's yeah. all re- it's all real it's it's sad that it's all real you you gotta turn on closed captioning just to make sure you get the names right because the names are so interesting and unique um, mm-hmm. i will say that the captioning for me whatever uh, version i have that i purchased on itunes was way behind or ahead it was ahead actually so really? It was, it was almost unusable, uh, especially when Orietta was talking because she talks so fast and she's got such a quip that I was like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to be able to catch everything she says, but the the captions weren't in sync. So it was useless. That's weird because I rewatched today on, I bought it on iTunes is real so I could just not have to deal with streaming while we talk, you know, mm-hmm. if I needed to pull anything up and... Everything was spot on for me. The only thing I didn't like was the fact that I bought the show and then they still put a ad for another FX yeah, show at the front end. <laughs> but hey, FX, if you want to help us out and that's cool though, don't worry about it. Hmm. So what do you tell me what you think of Orietta? Like we really we met her earlier. She, 
you know, very early on, we saw her uh, with Ethel Rita, and we find out basically that she's kind of a racist shitbag in a way, you know, with a decent vocabulary. Mm. And she talks to Ethel Rita about like, oh, well, geez, I didn't, you know, look at you knowing all the facts and things. And then, but we finally come back to seeing her now in her normal environment at the, at St. Bartholomew's. What is, so what do you make of, uh, of her? Well, she has this, um, aura that she's like not of this world like Lauren Malvo had um, because mm-hmm. especially towards the end there you'd see her body movements and they're almost as if they're sped up um, like she's some sort of like she's she's not of this world she's of some like dark other you know upside down like Lauren Malvo when when we assumed he was just like this like uh, formation of like all of these like devilish creatures that's mm-hmm. kind of what I think she's like when she's walking across the street and everything. She's got this sort of like uh, cadence to her walk that's like she's walked out of that The Ring movie or whatever. <laughs> you know what she's, they're doing in like popular culture horror movies now where all the demons are like sped up and walking on their hands? Yeah. She has that right. like vibe to she her. Does have, she does have like a different pace. Like Lauren would just kind of like, Lauren just kind of glided and strided. And then, you know... Nurse Mayflower, you know, she's a little bit different. When she speaks, she's a little quicker. When she walks, she's a little, you know, she's kind of got a, ooh, ooh, got to get there, kind of walking thing going on. But I think you're right. She is kind of our, like, our representation of evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And she has a little bit of, a, a, like, a religious hint to the things she's talking about. There was a little bit of a nod to Lauren Malvo when um, Jostow and Orietta are, Doing coke, doing blow. Are you gonna bring it some, up? Doing some chicken powder in that uh, room, <laughs> and uh, Josh was like, "Aces." Yeah, I caught that right away. I was so excited to see see that. I was like, "Yeah, I want to know who came up with that." And it's like, we got to make sure we get aces in somewhere here. Yep, gotta happen. Yeah, aces was good because um, it was. Plus, it was actually wasn't the aces. It was after she said. um I shall attend to him faithfully until the Lord arrive. Mm-hmm. Aces. <laughs> Aces. What a weird Aces. thing to say. <laughs> Not, oh, well, thank you. Oh, so did oh, you, you're so kind. Aces. So, so did you, so right after that, that's immediately after that is when the little bing, bing, and then the frog song comes up where this Eden Abez song comes up. And mm. I honestly, I totally didn't have time to look back at the rooster prince to figure out what we had talked about in that. Did you... Did you at least look up this Eden Abes tune at all? Yeah, I looked it up, um, and I remember I remember us talking about it, but not really, you know. Um, yeah, it is interesting that it comes back though. Yeah, so maybe we were on to something, and now we have no idea. We we should try to see if we can come back <laughs> to this at least, just touch base on it, because I've yeah, we both got a little sidetracked on some. Let's do it in the next hot dish. Yeah, just to see what's up. Um, let's talk about have, what. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you for something because you know you, you, you come from a background, I think, and a keen eye in, in film and filmmaking to a degree. I know you've never made film, but you know you, you don't have to, you don't have to make things to know about them and love them. But what did you make? Because I wanna, I wanna get to another one of these split screens in a minute. But 
What did you think overall? Were you, were, what did of all the split screening and multi-screens that you were seeing earlier? Did you feel mm. it was useful as it was in past seasons? Because you had said you really loved it, but I was... I just want somebody to explain it to me or if I missed something. Yeah, I'm missing something. Um, or at least that's how I'm left feeling. At first, when I saw them doing the split screen stuff with the squares and things, I was like, okay, that's cool. I like that this is back. Um, I remember season two brought that in and it was very fun. And season two had a great color palette um, and a, just a really good aesthetic to the the overall tone of all of the shots mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the split screens was a really nice just sort of ampli- amplification of that and in this you're seeing a lot of like vertical and horizontal divisions and right. at first I thought it was like Roman numerals or something uh, Yeah, and then I was uh, so you, you're seeing like a lot of vertical stripes and sometimes they're showing like different characters and sometimes it's just chopping up the scene, uh, the same shot. And I, I wasn't sure if, if we were like seeing some sort of like text or if the, it was just weird to me. Um, the margins between the divisions were slightly different in, at some, in some cases, I believe. I don't know how I felt about it. It didn't seem very artistic it didn't yeah, seem or, or I'm just I don't worried know. I was or I'm just worried I was missing what they were going for. That's what I know. know. That's what I know I'm missing. So I'm definitely lost there. And maybe it'll maybe my opinion on that will will flesh out the more we go, but I don't I'm know re- what to think right now. I'm definitely lost in whatever that's trying to be conveyed or maybe they're not trying to do anything. They're just trying to throw up some cool designs. I I think for starters, you're touching on something I just want to talk about. I mean, I've always loved the color palettes that they they mm. choose. Um, the stuff that's happening at St. Bartholomew, it, that that greenish tinge and that stuff, I just love it. It just has this like little bit of a, uh, you know, I just forgot, Wes Anderson feel, like the color, you know, like that just uber aqua and green. But if you look at... Uh, at Nurse Mayflower, it's just so interesting the way her, the redness and the, or the orangeness of her hair sticks out along mm. with the lipstick. And I just, it, with that color palette and the color grading they're doing, it's just really, in those scenes, it's very, it's almost interesting how much more it pops when she's having these first conversations with uh, Josta. Like, there's something more going to come of their relationship, I think, because they've they've got it, you know? But... I don't know. She's definitely something. That that uh, was a bold statement of me. She's definitely something. <laughs> Did you notice how uh, Jason Schwartzman was like, appeared to be on the verge of laughing multiple times <laughs> throughout this episode? I didn't Part- notice that. Particularly I, I when who he was talking to would get really close to his face. And uh, Orietta did get really close to uh, Josto's face when they were in that room doing some chicken powder. And he was just sitting there and he was like all sad. And she just leans into his face like super close, just awkwardly well, she, close. Because didn't she pat him on the cheek? Yeah. And she put the drops in her eyes or something. And then I think she, you know, because she didn't want him to worry. Yeah. And she wanted and she wanted him to uh, tell her about his sadness or whatever. 
Yeah, because um, he's worried about his father, you yeah. know. And she just gets right in there. Not in like a comforting, loving way either. Just like very awkwardly, just like right up in his face. And then it happened, and then so you can you can kind of see his face starting to break, I feel like. And then it happens again when he's talking to uh, the new Italian guy that's visiting. But that's later. Well, on. that's his brother. That's his brother. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. That you know, now you've got some. Well, there's there's a there's a freaking fascist, basically, right? Mm. You know, he's even talking. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, the, the other thing I was going to ask about just uh, what you thought, you know, because of the color palette thing. But I mean, yeah. I'm the, just. I just always love when a show sticks to a palette, and it does. It, yes. it can change throughout the show. Uh, but the key to, I think, um, you know, not distracting from the storytelling is limiting the color palette to you know just like three colors, and that's what they do. And they did that in season two very well. Um, they didn't do it as much in season three, but it it was still in some scenes, and they're definitely doing it now. And it's usually those like toned down, like green, red cream and then just like leave it to that right um i thought it was interesting earlier um there was some commentary of like daniel and the lion etc and when they went to this triple screen cut top like top middle bottom um it was the lower one it it was a puzzle but i couldn't completely make it out but i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure the puzzle was a lion Mm mm-hmm or something of a lion, and uh, I'm I'm kind of curious what's gonna what if anything may or may not come out of that. But um, when they're back at the house, and now we're finally kind of getting to know more of her parents and their family. But you know, and she's she's like in a weird way. I think they met because she's the kind of the antithesis of her of of Mayflower. Do you know what I mean? Like. She's just as worldly and just as smart, but she's not awful, you know. Yeah. She's she's just enough to do whatever. But talking about color for a minute, so I've been talking about that there was green and white cars, and have you also noticed that um, Loy has a blue jacket? He arrives in blue cars, so I I do love it when they pick a palette for people, and it's just mm. it makes a difference, you know. It's the same reason you feel the same way when you hear that Darth Vader you know, March. But what I was going to say is, so they hit this triple screen after this kind of like, you know, Ethel Rita gets the law laid down on her about like, stay out of our business. You know, parents need to have some things doing it, but she's, you know, clearly got a little softier with her dad as we'll know later. But eventually when Loy goes home, his wife is knitting and there is a green ball of yarn and a white ball of yarn on the table there too. Mm, that's a good and catch. I don't know what those I don't know what those things mean but that's the problem is that when those things kind of get in my my you know in my mind I don't know how to un, I don't know how to stop seeing them and I but it's just very if you go back and look at 4852 they're in the living room the kids are playing on the floor and his he and his wife uh, whose name escapes me starts with a B because she's got it monogrammed on her 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 blouse but she's knitting something but it's like red and white, but the yarn on the table is green and white, which is the same as the stuff. So I'm trying to figure out if the show is setting up a color palette for all of this, you know, like 
in the the stop sign this sequence you know when the kid the pellet gun sequence the most so you know the the most of the Italian guys are in the white car in the front, and then the rabbi slash Irish guy is in this green car. And I'm starting to wonder if there's going to be this palletization of like all of their colors, so that you can either watch them transition or change or fade. Mm-hmm. So I would keep an eye out for that. That if all of a sudden you realize that you know Rabbi's character starts showing up in blue, it might. I don't know. I'm guessing here. Yeah, I, mean, I think those are great observations. I think that is likely to come to fruition because we're in our fourth season now and we've seen we've seen that exact thing happen in the other seasons. Um we've seen transitions of color as characters change. We've we've seen um characters stay within a certain palette that are good or evil or things like that. So we know that they're doing that and it just and it doesn't happen to be coincidence most likely. I don't think so. I mean there's just too much care in these programs and, and any of these types of dramas. There's just too much care. I mean, just look at the, there's a whole color palette for the shift of like characters. And I've probably mentioned this. I just don't remember what I said because we haven't recorded for three years. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm sure we've talked about Breaking Bad and and the transition of Walt's colors through that show and, and how certain characters were always, you know, Marie was always wearing purple. Everything was purple around Marie's life. And other characters like Jesse Pinkman, there's changed, but it's there for a reason. This is the these are these statements and these things that you can look to that you would find in the text of books when you would read them and and were meant to like hopefully pick up on them. If you don't, that's no big deal. I mean, I know some people who are like, How did you guys figure that out? And I'm like, I don't watch every TV show this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't watch a show and then rewatch it and but but yeah, I don't know. Uh, and somewhere after that, and that's the other thing they were talking about, you know, Satchel. So we're in that living room scene and it's nice to see, you know, Loy's still a family man as all of them seem to be to some degree. And, you know, he said that the thing that I realized is that they were talking about Satchel being skinny, you know, mm-hmm. and he said, well, you know, when will he be back? And he said, as soon as I see it in their throats is what I'm pretty sure he said. Did you catch that? I remember him saying something along those lines, but I guess I didn't. I'm just. Think too I'm much curious what that means. I'm curious if he means he's like literally like slit their throats, kind of comments or what. But what did you think of Donna, Donatella, and uh, Orietta's scene with uh, Mr. Sleepy Sleepy uh, Dumini? Dumini, yeah, something like that. Um, that's a hard nap, dude. That's when. <laughs> that is when. You kind of get this sense that she truly is not of this world because her her sheer confidence in killing this man right in front of his henchman, his bodyguard, uh, knowing full well that he's not going to do anything about it. Um, she knows what she's doing. Does it hurt this earthly realm? Yeah. But did, did you think there was an interesting, like... Um... I need to back up a second okay. because we're talking about this scene. Cause I want, I want to hear a little bit more about what you think about this because you're, you're picking up the intention in the room. I was too, that, that she's, she's a little spiritual and beyond, you know, mm. you know, it's like sleep and you go, you know, and he, she's mm-hmm. like, you will not wake when I, these are not the droids you're looking for. Um, but like when earlier, when they're doing the chicken powder mm. and Justo's like, 
I worry about him. You know, will you take care of him? And I'm like, ooh, that's a double meaning phrase, in the especially in the gangster mob world. Yeah, maybe she really just was doing what he wanted. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, was it will you, uh, will you take care of him? You know, because he clearly had some disagreements with Donatello in the in the car about yep. doing business the way he was doing. It. He's like, this is my town, and his dad was like, Hoo-doo! you know, and then then he farted, and it was all fine, but. Anyway, but yeah, well, as it I mean, usually is. Um, that, but in is the room, a, that, yeah, that that murder scene is. That's a good point, good. though. Maybe it is a little bit more simple than what I'm thinking. Maybe. Well, what what was say what you were thinking? Wrap that out. Flesh that out. Um, maybe they do know each other and and better than we think they we do. I mean, it it appeared that they had just met in that hospital, right? Oh, I don't think they know each other. You don't. I just mean, I just meant like, what was his re- what was his real request? Okay. I don't know, and or and what and even regardless of that, what did she hear? Just another one of those. It's a misunderstanding, you know. No one sniped the guy. It was just a bad BB pellet gun went crazy through a window and caught the got the fat guy in a vein, and you know he's bleeding out. You know, so misunderstanding. Now, I want you to take care of my father, and she was like, "Mm-hmm." You know, yeah. you know, I will, I will look after him until you know his earthly time comes, or what you know. And it's like, but of course, she would hear that because that's what she wants to hear, right? Because she's, she's weird. Yeah, maybe she's just a weirdo, and that's what she wanted to hear. And she's just a nurse that likes to kill people. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I still blame Dominique. He, I mean, he calls her a murderess. I mean, mm-hmm. just the creepy thinks the Lord won't want you if you're ornery. <laughs> what? That is a very Midwestern thing. Mm-hmm. Ornery? Don't you think? Ornery. Yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear that out of the Midwest very often? I guess you don't hear that in certain age people, period, do you? Uh, well, you've never left, so I guess you can't form an opinion. <laughs> I have tried. I've traveled. I've been been outside of the state two or three times. Matt, I never came across the word ornery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I I would get. I would definitely get it when I was younger. I would get it. Yeah. When I was. Yeah. For sure. Ornery. 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 Yeah. Anyway, plus the way she stole his (laughs) ring. Ooh. Oh, that was disgusting. The sound. Well, that was also that was also clear. Cranked up the gain on that. Uh, you can even hear her watch ticking but clearly she's done it before this ain't her first rodeo on killing a person and or sucking their finger (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not not about the ring just sucking fingers just 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 weekend weekend weird stuff (laughs) i bet they smelled like peanuts yeah but i mean this is where that um you know, eventually the song comes on and she's, you know, it's the uh, it's circle, will the circle be unbroken, right? And then we cut to this really nice scene of both men in split screen, but they're not direct shots. They're shots of their reflections in windows or through windows. I thought that was kind of a nice, nice little piece because now you're looking at these two people saying, yeah. Will this will this cycle continue? Because I, like I said that before, for real, it's this it's this constant episode of reciprocal violence, you know, and it's all started from just p- pure lack of knowledge. 
You know, you're out of your fucking element, Donnie. <laughs> you don't know. But do you think the um do you think do you think um Donatella Fado is Franz Duke Ferdinand? Wait, what? The ar- the arch <laughs> the arch uh what was his name? <laughs> Five you just went like deep history on me here. <laughs> okay. So uh the beginning of World Which, War One. Okay. Do you think his fr- well he's an Italian. They ain't even friends. No. But like his whole death was kind of a, an accident. It was just like really opportunistic. Oh okay, I'm so sorry. Oh god. Thank you. Sorry. You <laughs> and some <laughs> you're trying to suggest that their characters were friends in real life, and I'm like No. Dude, that was like World War I. Oh God. I was like, that's the wrong war. <laughs> yeah, you're saying like, yeah, wars get started over like Yeah, so here he is in the back of his, you know, chariot thing, and some kids are screwing around outside, stray BB through the window, now we're at war. Still pretty sure somebody tried to shoot for for (laughs) Ferdinand. Well, it was definitely, he he definitely had some enemies and there was definitely an assassination plan, but then they like, what, what was the story? They found out about it or something happened and they had to, they had to reroute the carriage and then there just happened to be one of the assassins on the at, other yeah. on that on that other route like eating a sandwich <laughs> at a like, cafe oh, hey. and he's like oh there he is <laughs> I, I gotta kill that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh we're terribly laughing at this uh, okay because here, here's the terrible. deal so the circle goes on it'll be unbroken Ethel Reed is out on her porch swing and I do like that we've consistently seen that a interesting they live across the street from each other yeah um and B, you know, that we've seen Ethel Rita get off the secondary bus door because she has to sit in the back. And Orietta doesn't, and she gets off. But it's really weird how she just is, like, mumbling to herself. Did you mm-hmm. see? You know, she's just, oh, I told her. Yeah, how about that figure in the street when that dolly shot Okay, that's up. what I wanted to talk about. Did you notice that the first time or the second time? I did see it the first time. What? And you didn't bring it up last night at all? I can't give up all the stuff in the hot dish. Son of a bitch. It's not enough time. I didn't see it. I didn't see it the first time. I was so busy thinking about, wow, they live across the street from each other? Mm-hmm. What, who, yeah, what do you think about that? What would do it? Is there anything? Do you have it pulled up? Well, no, but I just was going to say, before we get to that real quick, I mean, like, there's interesting conversation of just the soft and interesting relationship between, um, Ethelreda and her father that he comes out and, you know, says, well, you know, even even though you're this old, maybe sometimes it's not so bad to have a a bedtime story. And I'm like, hmm. I don't mean in a creepy way. Wizard I just mean, like, it's, inter- it's interesting the, the level that he wants to calm her or soothe her or care, you know, but... But yeah, I don't know, man. That uh, that figure in the street, you know, that scene starts about 58 minutes, 44 seconds in... By the way, the King of Tears Mortuary, just great. <laughs> Do you think that's uh, just because of the universe we're in with the Supermarket King? Yeah, I don't know. Th- yes, I do think that's that. And I do. I have also noticed that there's a lot going on that we notice bus stop signs. Um, but this person is in the street, and what I don't understand is that, yeah, there's and it's like a white or cream or yellow colored car. 
And I don't know, this person is just clearly standing in the middle of the road. Almost the smack dab middle if you pause at 58.53 and it's just kind of ominous. Never moves, never... Yeah, I'm just like, shit, did we just see Slender Man? I know, it does look like that. <laughs> so, okay, I've Oh, I know what I was going to... The reason I was bringing up the father was just because I thought it very interesting. He brought up a bedtime story. He talks about the money trouble, but he says, Wizard of Oz. And I mean, you know, the Wizard of Oz, just this whole story of somewhere there's a, someone pulling this, you know... Yeah, I think I think I think we should pay attention to that concept. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, just because I I don't think I'm sorry they just don't write things in this this sto- this type of story in Fargo they just don't write things that are just throwaway phrases. It's just not a thing. So, you just sent me a black screenshot. What yeah. do you want me to do with that? <laughs> I did that by accident. I actually oh. took a screenshot of the figure in the street, but you because, can't because of the, <laughs> the copyright stuff. You can't. you can't. You hey, FYI, you also can't. I tested it. You can't screenshot live uh, or streamed Hulu shit either. Mm. Here we are. We're just trying to educate ourselves. We're not yeah. trying to make a buck. I paid for it. We don't even have. We don't even have. We don't even have any sponsors. God, we're just doing this out of the love of our heart. What but we don't anyway, have sponsors? No. What? I'm tonight. I'm sponsored. We're not getting paid for this. I, no, I'm being sponsored by Old Forester tonight. I'm being 19, sponsored 1910, by Old Forester's 1910 Old Fine Whiskey. Oh, nice. Uh, Lemoncello mm. Lacroix for me. Lemoncello Lacroix. Have you had that one? No, I don't find the bubble uh, factor in Lacroix to be enough for me. You want harder? I need. I need bubbles. fizzy. I need fizzy. I need to hurt a little bit when I drink. Yeah, it. I agree. I I like a little bit of a harder bubble. So then, what do you go for? I, I have a soda stream and I overcarbonate everything, so yeah, it burns. Yeah, that's me. what I do. Burns me. Burns. I'm just out of. I'm out of gas right now, and I can't like. You can't ship that stuff. So, at no. least Last time I checked, and I'm not going to Target anytime soon. So, yeah. Well, so we pan across the street to find, you know, Orietta creepily staring out her window because she's she's clearly she's threatened in a weird way by by Ethelita, isn't she? Absolutely. She, she knows other languages. She does these things. She's, you know, I mean, just the way she pulled her glove off her hand, you know, in my in my study of the human creature. I mean, she's just. You know, I mean, the way she says it, it's like she's not one. You know what I mean? Like you were talking exactly. About. She's gonna I'm make her human... uh, her little project, right? Or am I Ugh. like too far now? No, I mean, I'm just. I still am glad that I I only briefly watched part of episode two, and mm. um. So I guess everybody. So so for those of you who watched all the way through, it's just too much. Shar- Sharpie and I just decided to we're gonna now we're gonna watch episode two, and we're gonna record that in. Two days, so that should be out. A hot dish should be out. What did I say? Thursday night, and the full episode be out sometime Friday, Saturday over the weekend for y'all to listen to. But as we're heading into that, just so we know, if you're a little ahead of us, that's that's okay. Don't worry about it. We hope you're enjoying the breakdown as it is, or maybe you've had to pause or whatever. And and you know what? Some people we get downloads all the time. We're still getting people downloading season one. Um, but if we're missing things, for real, send us a note. You know, we um. 
I would say, yeah, send it to podcast at FargoTalksFargo.com or send us a note on Twitter. Um, I will say we do have a Facebook page, but that actually might go away because we might just be dropping off the Facebook market for our own uh, reasons. So, But until it's gone, mm-hmm. feel free to comment there if you like. Um, I don't know when that may or may not happen. But, but yeah, Mayflower just up in that window talking to herself like a crazy lady on the third floor. Didn't you notice her lips were like moving? Yeah, were you trying to see what she was saying? I well, I turned on closed captioning. There wasn't anything. No, they won't do the closed caption if you're not supposed to know. No, jerks. So I don't know. I mean, we, anything, anything else dogging you? I mean, well, we didn't really get to. Uh, we're, we're running low on time here, but we didn't really get to talk about the whole uh, credit card business plan. Um, I. But so I think here's we'll, the reason. Okay. Did it matter? Did it matter? I think. I think we'll I mean, see. For, we'll find out if it matters to yep, the story. Yep, 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 yep. But I thought it was interesting because I looked up the history of credit cards and like they're well, when t- they were invented. And well, I don't know a terrible amount, but you know when he slaps that big old metal card on the desk <laughs> of uh, what's his name, Clayton Winkle or something like that. Yes, it uh, was. And Clayton. he does give Winkle, a little Winkle say. He does give a little bit of a Jerry Lundegaard reference there, and he's like, "Well, what are you say? What? What are you saying?" When they're yeah. trying to like uh, explain the whole credit card thing, but they slap that big metal card down, and th- and that's how credit cards really were in the very beginning. Um, yes. They were made like giant dog tags that basically just had like your name and address on them. <laughs> oh God! I mean, even when I was young, you know, my mom had a store, and you would put it in this big thing, and you go clunk clunk, and you would drag it over the. Yeah, I remember those. The the thing, and you know, you'd get the big reader, and then you would put your own metal plate in there because you just it stayed in the machine. The the big. No, I mean, I that's what I was trying to decide. It's just like they they tried to pack so much stuff in there. You know what I mean? Like when they were talking about the religion, there there was the joke about the Jew part or the Catholic part or the. I mean, there's so many things they packed a lot into this episode, and I I think that's what made it. Interesting to watch twice, but as a, as most people, I think only watch something once. How how are you going to catch all that? That's a that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if the credit card is going to go anywhere, but I think what's interesting about the whole concept of that business plan they have is the just their the idea of it's not what you are, it's what you it's what people think you are. Um, yes. So that might play into you know their whole gang war. It's not really well. It's, it's not really about it's being all of rich. That, though. It's about you know well, looking like you're rich. But that's the Wizard of Oz too. Mm-hmm. There is no wizard. It's just this you know who's behind the curtain, you know, and behind the curtain sometimes is a massive disappointment. I mean, and um, you know, list yourself all sorts of places where we have cribbed or stolen ideas and profited from them that came from the black and African-American communities in the context of history. You know, it's, it's, the list is lengthy and unfortunate. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's where I just looked at as a, you know, trailblazing people that, you know, and the guy's like, nah, and I was just like, I sit there and go like, keep wondering, is there going to be an episode later (laughs) where, where there's a new Winkle savings and loan, credit card but i just i don't know if that's they're gonna dive into that i think they're just this is like i said this is a big heaping spoonful of stuff and i think it's just it's set up basically think about it it's set up 50 years of context 
of this Kansas City, Missouri crime thing. It set up 50 years of uh, racial and ethnic issues between uh, Jewish people, Italians, Irish people, and, and, and black people. And, and it's just, and somewhere in there, all of them are sort of currently being painted as people in the alternative, well, alternative economy. And they're in that place because they're not part of the, you know, the wink and nod, you know, other side of this thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's, I think maybe that's the whole point is that this whole episode is just trying to set up the economy for us so that we understand. And what we know towards the end of this, right, is that uh, Ethel Rita's folks are in cahoots because they need some money from from Canon, right? Because they're in some tough times. That's what he says. That's what Thurman says. Yes. And the well, the mother doesn't say anything because it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Where do you think this goes? We usually do like a who dead and whatever. Oh, here's the only other thing I was about to say. This is the other part that's got me a little stumped, but I am excited to see what comes. There's a lot of fucking characters. Yeah. Even that even that one scene between the Fadas and the Cannons, it's just like the amount of names that were like, you know, hovering oh, over their chest. So I was just like, it was great, but I'm just like, shit, do I have to know all of these people? Yeah, I'm so glad they did that though, because I think they realized they had a lot of characters. And every one of these characters does have a little bit already. And I think they had to do that. I, I really think they were like, we've got to like, I think that was a design move. You know, we have to put a name tag on everybody right away and at least give them some sort of aid, uh, visual aid right off the beginning to attach the names to the person so that when it's coming up in dialogue and stuff, they at least have an opportunity to make that relationship. Yeah. I mean, I just can't even keep most of it straight. I mean, I know there's Lemuel because he, you know, had the scene early on where his name came up because you asked if it was Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um there was a guy whose name was Banjo, right? There was you know, and then there's Dr. Remember. Governor, there's Dr. Governor, Dr. Senator. And Dr. Senator, Dr. Governor, Jesus. <laughs> Dr. <Dr>. Uh <laughs> Can't tell you. I here's my here's my my solemn current wish though is that please do not knock him off too early in the season. He, I just he'll have a good ride. I hope so. I like him so much. Like I just I'm just enjoying seeing him on a on a show again, and it's just it's really great. Hey, did you ever watch the show Rescue Nine One One? Do you remember that yes. show? Yes. I think Wait. there was a Rescue Nine One One episode i'm fairly certain wait where, rescue 911 yeah like, with william shatner like the, the shatner show yeah you know what i was thinking of i was thinking of rescue me with dennis leary oh that's that fireman show <laughs> yes <laughs> rescue 911 yeah oh my god this was like a reality show yeah it was about it? Like they were real like, 911 calls okay and uh, i'm fairly certain it was this show but I remember the episode very well where a, a guy was in his house with a BB gun and he was shooting it just like dry firing the BB gun at flies. And lo and behold, a BB gets in the barrel somehow 
and he fires a gun, the BB gun, at a fly over that's sitting on his screen window, just the screen. The BB flies out, shoots a kid in the yard, like next door, right in the chest, and like Gosh. punctures his lung. And I remember that episode because he was talking about it, and they were describing it, and like air was coming out, and like bubbles of blood were coming on this kid's chest, and they had like the whole nine one one call and everything, and. Anyway, BB guns. I I hate this because I'm pretty sure it. You're totally right. If you Google it, there's a. Is I think that, there is a rescue 911. I don't know rescue 911. Boy versus BB to the heart. Yes, that's the episode. Yes, <laughs> I didn't even look if, that up. That if is I from wasn't my real so memory. Terrible, if I wasn't so terrible and had so many other things going on, I would be like, this is in show notes. But if you just Google rescue 911, boy versus BB to the heart, that is the like okay, letters. Okay, here, B I'll B. bring it back around. I'll bring it back around. Watch oh this. Oh, my God, please do, because we got to get this uh, thing. <laughs> we got to wrap this We got to wrap this thing up neat right now. We've, okay. we've already lost do half of our Do you remember, uh, you're old enough, this, this <laughs> kid would be about you. my <laughs> you're age. Old what does that mean? Um, because you're you, you can't enough? be younger than me and probably remember this because I think this kid was my age, but, um, I think his name was Alvaro something. Um, what are you talking about? It was, it would have been about like 88, 87, 88 ish rescue 911. Are you talking about Alvaro Garza? Yes. Alvaro Garza. Remember he fell through the red river. This little boy must've been like seven or so, so six or seven. Very young. Very young. Okay, so for those that don't know, this kid and his friends were playing around the Red River, which is the river in Fargo. It separates North Dakota and Minnesota. And the kid fell through the ice in the middle of winter, through the river, spent 45 minutes under the icy water. Yes. They eventually pulled him out. He was 11. He was 11. Okay. So he was a little bit older than me. He is a little bit older than me now because... That guy survived after being underwater, frozen water, not ice, frozen water. They're different. Yes. For 45 uh, minutes. Yes. And the doctor who was credited with helping save his life was Dr. Kudrowski, who lived, uh, if you go to the end of my block, I grew up on turn left and go down three blocks. And that was the Kudrowski's I did not know that. Well. Yes. There was a Rescue 911 episode on that. There was. I yeah. remember that. And the opening credits of Rescue 911 show footage of that of the Fargo FM ambulances during that uh, emergency. Well, so there you, there have you it. go. I brought Folks, it back now around. you now you know. Totally unplanned. You know that really worked out Fargo. well. <laughs> yeah. I won't I won't bum you out about that. What? I don't think I don't think he's. I can't remember. Did Never he mind. not make it? No, he's. I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, yeah, that was a big story. It was massive, massive. I mean, I think his. I mean, his core body temperature was down to like the the high seventies. Like, yeah, but that that was the the whole thing where there was a study about that. You know, the dive effect. But we're on we're on the wrong channel here. This is this is Fargo talks Fargo, not Sharpie and Bill talk nerd stuff. But nah, well, I'm really I'm. I'm really honestly looking forward to some things that I know that are coming because obviously there's the um, the the angst coming with the fact that Josta's brother is coming from Italy to visit and mm-hmm. all of these things that are happening. And clearly, we haven't even met the mother yet, and he was just like, 
Yeah. You know, he's like, tell Antonio Scarlioti, body guy, bing, bing, boom, bang, bang. I can say that. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about or not? Do you know? Do you know? Oh, you probably don't even. I can't do it very well. Don Rickles. Do you remember one? Oh yeah, Yeah, but Don Rickles always would do like he would do like a terrible Italian like. And he would always do it when he's on Carson. Oh, anyway, go go watch any good old uh, Johnny Carson link with Don Rickles, Mr. Warmth, Don Rickles. Yeah, but I know I'm I'm looking forward to watching uh, this next one and getting into a regular length episode where we're hopefully not like I just can't take that much stuff. I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean it in a just man. It's I'm it's a busy week, and for you and I to record two of these in one week, you know, there's gonna be a four. lot of stuff. Without yeah. a doubt. So, no so hey, everybody, what. reach reach out to us. Uh, find us on the uh, online. And if you're just joining us, thanks so much for coming along with the the, the ride. You know, we'll we get a little as we, as we creep into this. You know, for after a three year hiatus, I I'm sure we're feeling. I'm sorry if we feel a little rusty, um, uh, but we we we're super happy to be back. We're happy to have you guys with us. So, Sharpie, it has been great, Bill. Likewise, man. Keep it real. Hit us up on Twitter.